Tonight here at Ground Zero Ministries, we're going to be talking about anger. Um, recently, I, I've been watching the show on Netflix, and one of the characters in the show, you know, reminds me a, a lot of myself and, and some of the ways that he deals with his his life and, and things that he says. And as you progress through the show, you know, you, you see a lot of his vulnerability and things that he's been through in his life and, and all of the wounds and the anger that and unforgiveness that's deep down inside of this character. And, and the more and more I watch the show, the more and more it, it's stirring things inside of me. And, you know, it, it's becoming a, a mirror in helping me to, to see that there's stuff that I've suppressed, stuff that I've stuffed down, stuff that I, you know, um, need to be working on, you know, and, you know, as I'm looking at, you know, myself and, and talking to Jesus, you know, it, it, there's a lot of things that, you know, I've dealt with on some level, you know, and processed and, and forgave to an extent. And then because there wasn't really any sort of resolve to it, I think that I, I just kind of put it on the shelf and, and kind of, you know, because I had to keep moving and didn't have time or, or didn't want to face or didn't want to deal, you know, it, there's a lot of different things that have just kind of gone to the wayside, you know, and as I'm looking in the mirror, you know, I'm starting to see there's areas of unforgiveness, you know, that are really deeper than I think I've been caring to admit, you know, and the Lord is you know, dragging me out of denial, which is so much fun, you know. So as I, I look at my life, you know, and what I've been through in my life and, and the progression, you know, and looking at anger as a whole, you know, I've been an extremely angry, you know, kid to adolescent to an adult. You know, to the point where I was so enraged, you know, I would classify it that I, I didn't have a fuse anymore. I just had a detonation button and it could go off at any moment, you know, and thank God, you know, the Lord helped me to, to process and, and deal with, you know, so much of that, that he's helped me to change, you know, immensely through the years that I don't carry that anymore as an image. You know, people aren't intimidated by me. People aren't scared of me as they once were many, many years ago. But, you know, I've learned that I don't want to take out my anger on someone and I take my anger to the Lord. But a lot of times I'm not following through enough and processing enough that, you know, things are getting left, you know, not completely dealt with, you know, so as I, I look at myself as a kid and, and where I am today, there's been a lot of growth, you know, but I'm not done growing, you know, we're never done, you know, and, you know, and I, I have to, to dig in and really let Jesus into some areas and process some things again, you know, 
from my earliest years. I mean, I remember being a broken and angry little kid, you know, that my my parents split up and my dad left when I was two. You know, my mom got into relationships with alcoholics that were very physically and verbally abusive. You know, that I ended up getting molested by one of my mom's friend's sons from the time that I was six to the time that I was nine. So by the time I was a 10-year-old little kid, I was very emotionally broken. You know, I, I cried all the time. I was angry all the time. You know, I would constantly tell my mom about the abuse that was taking place from her boyfriends, and it was like always falling on deaf ears. So I always felt like I didn't have a voice, you know, which turned into a lot of acting out, a lot of disruption, you know, a lot of, you know, just breaking things and throwing stones at cars, you know, and, and stealing, you know, and that's as a little, little kid, you know, I mean, I was always in trouble in school. I was always misbehaving. I couldn't sit still, you know, I was always in trouble, you know, and, and it just became that's who I was, you know, and I had all these problems, you know, and in the fourth grade, my mom got married and she moved us into a different school. And I was always in trouble in school. Like I could never get through a, a week without getting my name written on the board, you know, and having to write sentences. It was such a stupid thing, but I was always doing it. You know, like you have to write all these stupid sentences. You know, I, I remember, you know, as a kid that Bart Simpson would be on the, on the cartoon writing on the chalkboard. And it was like, you know, I, I was always that kid that was always writing, you know, do not do this or, Stop doing that. You know, so as I I look at my life, you know, the loss of a parent, you know, that there was no real healthy father figure in my life. You know, there was abuse going on, you know, which, you know, I remember one night, you know, I was probably six or seven years old that two of my mom's boyfriends were fighting in the living room because one was there and the other one came there drunk and my mom left the house. So I was in the house alone with these two guys, you know, beating each other up in the living room and I was trapped in my bedroom. And I remember that really traumatized me as a lot as a little kid because my mom just left me there to go get the police, you know, and the police weren't far, but I mean, it's still a five to 10 minute, you know, moment probably 15 where you know i was alone you know and and scared you know so that you know there was a lot of rejection and abandonment you know and and it turned into these elements of control you know and as i've worked through my own stuff and helped other people work through their stuff you know i've recognized that the the more the abuse especially sexual abuse, the more the person is a control freak, you know, and it's because we've lost control so much as kids or adolescents that we try to grab onto control in so many different areas. So that anytime that something is out of control in our life, you know, we spike, you know, and we use anger to manipulate or try to, to control things back into, you know, what we would say is, a comfortable place, which usually I was always uncomfortable, you know, so there was always this desire for control, 
you know, and I, and I used sports a lot as a kid because, you know, it was a way to get outside of myself and it was something that I can compartmentalize and it became a way for me to cope, you know, and I became very good at it. So I also found that my identity in it, you know, but anytime that something would bring frustration in my life, there was always some area of acting out, destruction, you know, breaking, stealing, you know, acting out sexually as I got older as a teen with pornography, you know, and there was just this overwhelming sense of hopelessness, you know, my whole entire life, you know, which eventually grew into depression. And as we talked about a few weeks ago, that anger over a long period of time, it turns, starts to get turned inward and, and we start to suppress everything and, you know, depression begins to grow and take root, you know, <clears throat> but that hopelessness as a kid, you know, and the sense of everything being completely out of my control, you know, resulted in a lot of anger, you know, and, you know, as I grew older and started getting into drugs and alcohol and, and you know, relationships, you know, there was always some element of chaos going on in my life. And the more and more that I would go down the wrong, you know, rabbit hole, my anger continued to grow, you know, and, and throughout my 20s, you know, that my idea of God, even though I went to church as a kid and, and even into my teenage years, you know, I would say that I was an atheist, you know, so I, the anger just continued to increase. I had no real healthy outlet you know, it turned into drugs and alcohol and sex and, you know, and everything just started to, to fall apart more and more. And the more it fell apart, I think the angrier I became because the anger was this sense of, you know, power and control and it, you know, I could control this little bubble and inside of it, I was furious, you know, so anytime something didn't go my way, you know, that I would lash out and use anger as a manipulative tool to try to bring things back into what I felt was my alignment, my will, you know, and I, you know, pushed a lot of people away and people that were close to me, I would manipulate with anger to try to get my way, you know, and through it, you know, as I looked deep down inside, you know, there's a lot of shame, a lot of unforgiveness, you know, and later on as I started to really deal with my junk. You know, I was 25, 26 years old when, you know, I, I first started going to counseling on my own. You know, I remember the counselor asking me, what's the one thing that I, I need to deal with? You know, and at that point in my life, I'd never really addressed my sexual abuse as a kid. You know, and I started this process of, of working through my sexual abuse with this counselor you know, so up in that point, you know, 20 years had passed that I had this damaging thing inside of me that I never talked about, you know, and then about a month in or two months into, you know, this counseling session with this woman, she leaves and she gets some job in California, which screwed me up for years because I finally was connecting to someone and, and opening up and being vulnerable. And then once again, you know, the abandonment, you know, stuff gets stirred up. And I had several years of, you know, trying to go to counseling and never at attaching to any counselors, you know, always struggling in counseling. 
because I finally tried it and it and it hurt, you know, it didn't work, you know. And later on, as I was, you know, finally addressing, you know, my addictions and, and working through steps, you know, you know, well, I got to back up just a step. You know, I remember sitting in an AA meeting crying, you know, wanting to kill myself. You know, and because part of me knew that I, I wanted to drink, you know, and use drugs and part of me didn't. I really didn't know what to do. And I was really just at a loss. And, you know, somebody told me that I, I was suffering from untreated addiction or untreated alcoholism. You know, and I didn't understand what that meant. You know, and that's when I initially started working steps, you know, because I'd been around, but I'd never dug in. You know, I never was willing to do the work because, you know, I didn't want to deal with my stuff. I didn't want to deal with what was going on inside. You know, as much as I had tried once or twice, you know, and even tried with the counseling, you know, trying to open up some of those doors inside of me was petrifying. You know, what's going to happen if I open that door? I don't know what's going to happen if I let that thing out. You know, and it was very scary. But eventually, as I did my step work, you know, what I found is the root of all my anger was fear. And that pissed me off <laughs> you know, because I didn't want, you know, to be someone that was afraid. You know, I, I didn't want to, to to show weakness, which I thought fear was a weakness. You know, I, I wanted to be someone that was strong and powerful. And that's what I used anger to try to help me. To, to be, but in the end, I was just a scared little kid inside, and, and I didn't know how to handle my situations. I didn't know how to handle, you know, life on life's terms, and, and I always would use anger to try to manipulate and control my environment and the people around me because technically I was really scared. So I always kept everybody at arm's length. I always rejected people. I always pushed people away, and then I I wondered why I was alone all the time, you know. So there's always this difficulty going on emotionally, you know, and I used anger for the majority of my life, you know, to, to try to bring some sort of, you know, stability into my life. You know, and it wasn't until I got to Jesus that I finally had somewhere to turn, you know, but even being saved and even growing and healing and and trying to, to lead this ministry, I still had a ton of anger that I didn't know how to deal with, you know, and, and it would come out, you know, all the time, you know, as a, a young ministry leader and as a young Christian, you know, everybody will, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And I'm like, I have no idea how to have joy. I'm just pissed off all the time. Like I realize I'm saved and I, I'm better than I was, but there was still all this junk on the inside of me. You know, and I really just didn't know how to deal with it. So I had all this anger on the inside of me, and I, I really didn't know how to deal with it. You know, and everybody would just tell me that it's under the blood, it's in the past. And I'm like, it's not under the blood, it's on the inside of me, and I want to kill people. Well, you're saved, you're not supposed to have those feelings anymore. And I'm like, but I do. You know what I mean? And, you know, and I try to talk to people about it and I get these Christian answers and it would aggravate me so much, you know, and I'd be like, that isn't working. I don't know 
where that stuff came from. So then I, I began to do this plunge into the Bible to where some of these like Christian things came from. And as I read through the Bible, there's all these handful of things that I didn't find in there. So I'm supposed to be living this biblical life, but I have all this super Christianese nonsense that I'm being told. And as I have all this emotional pain on the inside of me, and none of it's helping me get free. You know, did I believe that I had Jesus? Absolutely. Did I, I have an encounter with the Lord? Absolutely. Did I, you know, spend time in his presence? Absolutely. But when it came time to digging out the stuff that was on the inside of me, and when I'm talking to people in the church and the answers that I'm getting don't help, aren't working. Well, you don't have faith, sir. You're not, you know, trusting God. And I'm like, I don't even know what that means at this point. Like, I'm trying to do everything I'm supposed to be doing. I'm reading, I'm praying, I'm serving, I'm speaking in tongues, you know, you know, raising my hands. I'm like, you know, I'm doing all the things, you know. And, you know, I, I realized that something's amiss, you know, and I had to dig in again, you know, and I really didn't know what to do, you know, but I knew that something was wrong. You know, and I've been saved several years at this point, you know, and I really just started to say, all right, Jesus, you know, we got to start sorting through some of these things, you know, and what was the catalyst, you know, it was a Thanksgiving and we had this big Thanksgiving dinner at the church, you know, through the ministry, you know, and when it came time to set up, Everybody that was like supposed to help me couldn't get there, you know. And well, I can't be there till this time. And there was like 80 people that were showing up, and everybody's telling them they can't get there to like a half an hour before the thing's supposed to start, which you know gave me this sense of powerlessness, you know, and gave me the sense that everything was out of control, which then spiked my anger, you know. And I didn't know how I couldn't turn it off. You know, so when people finally started to show up to help me, because I was so pissed off, I wouldn't let them help me. Mm -hmm. You know, well, what can I help with? Nothing. You know, so I'm like running around like a lunatic. You know, and eventually people accommodated me or helped me and realized that, you know, Thomas is just like a nightmare right now. You know, and, you know, and we ended up doing the whole thing and, and I had this you know this thing about being thankful and I was so angry as I'm trying to be thankful you know and everybody could just tell that I was just out of sorts you know and I remember as we were breaking down you know the tables and cleaning stuff up and people are trying to help and you know and at that point everybody knew just don't talk to Tom you know, and, you know, and I'm trying to do my thing and they're doing everything. And, you know, I remember I'm walking through the sanctuary, the, the lobby of the church. And I'm just so enraged, you know, and I, and I'm like, God, what is going on? And he's like, your expectations are too high. You know, you have this expectation that people are supposed to, to, to meet and because they can't meet what you the standard that you're setting for them you're portraying and pushing anger and, and anything that they are doing to help you're belittling and, and it's you know and you're not even accepting 
you know, and I, you know, I remember going into the conference room of the church and I was just crying and, you know, I'm like, God, I don't want to feel like this anymore. You know, and that was really this, this moment in time where I knew that I needed to dig in again. I needed to, to do step work again. I needed to, to really let Jesus into this, this depth of what was going on inside of me. And I remember the next Friday that we had, you know, our celebrate recovery at that time because that's what the meeting was called back then. You know, I apologized to everybody that was there and I apologized for my actions and, and what I was, you know, in, and everything, and, and I made a declaration that, you know, I'm going to start working on becoming a man of grace, you know, and I had some really good friends in there, and they're all laughing in the background, because, you know, they knew that I'd had no grace. I had no ability to give people grace. It was, you know, it was cut and dry. This is what we're supposed to do, you know. You know, we, we live a program of truth and, you know, and it, and it was like hard truth. There was no grace in it. There was no love in it. You know, and I remember talking to, you know, the pastors about some of this and they're like, you know, Tommy, you know, you got this iron fist. You know, you got to have this, you know, glove of, of, you know, velvet glove. I'm like, I have no idea what that means. You know, and I would pray and, and as I would start to, to process things and, and recognize things and, and, you know, when I would talk with people, I would catch my tone and I would realize that it's not what I'm saying. It's how I'm saying it. You know, I'm just coming off aggressive, you know, and, and that was just something that was so deeply entrenched in me. I didn't know how to turn it off, but it yet was still this barrier, this defense mechanism that I've had for so long that I, I didn't know how to not use it, you know, and that it was part of my identity, you know, being angry and having this image of anger, you know, and, and having all this stuff inside of me that only was partially dealt with, you know, it, I still was very angry and I was a man of God and I was saved and I was a ministry leader and I was helping people and I was, you know, doing all the things, but yet there was areas in my life that were still very broken, you know, and, you know, as I started to really start praying about, you know, God help me to be a man of grace, you know, and God heal my heart, you know, and I would pray every day, God, you got to heal my heart. My heart is broken, you know, and I don't know how, to have relationships with people without being angry all the time, you know, and, you know, and I, and I did my best to try to help people, you know, and I, and I did, you know, God was doing a lot back then and in, in, in this ministry and in helping people and in spite of me, because I was just a ball of fire inside of this, you know, man that was saved, you know, but, you know, anytime that I was wrong, Anytime that I felt that I was mistreated, anytime that I felt that I was unsafe or somebody would say something, I felt humiliated. You know, anytime that somebody blamed me for something, anytime I felt unvalued, anytime that I was demeaned, just instant anger. Like I had no filter, you know, you know, and it got to the point where it was like I 
hated what was going on inside of me. So me and Jesus had to wrestle it out. You know, and this is where, you know, the 24 hour thing came from. Because anytime that I would get angry, I would tell you about it. And I realized that most of my anger is my stuff. It's not necessarily anything that you're doing. You know, and I made this little rule. I don't remember where I picked it up. I think that the person said, you need to take an hour. And I'm like, an hour is not enough. You know, I need at least a day. You know, so, you know, I I set this standard for myself that if I get angry with someone, that I'm going to give it 24 hours before I, I talk to the person. And a lot of times they didn't even know because it, usually it was my junk, you know? So, you know, I'd have uh, this house full of guys that pissed me off on a daily basis, you know, and I had to like work through my junk, you know, and every day somebody's triggering me, you know, and before I would like let them know, you know, and I'm like, no, this is my stuff. You know, I got to work on this stuff. You know, and I would, you know, head out of the house, you know, and that's back when you had CD players on your hip, you know, and I would walk out of the house with, you know, headphones and a CD player and I'd be walking down the street, you know, you know, praying and, and worshiping and crying and, you know, pissed off of the world. And, you know, I, I had this little thing that I'm not going back to the house until Jesus deals with me because this is my stuff, you know. And so often within that 24 hours, God would start to show me what was really going on on the inside of me and how, you know, I was, you know, able to diffuse it because I was being vulnerable before the Lord, you know, and, you know, and as I started to process, you know, that, you know, my life is unmanageable and it had nothing to do with drugs and alcohol at that point, you know, it was anger, you know. I have this anger issue and my life is un, you know, unmanageable, you know, and, you know, I started to use the steps to help me to process other areas of my life, you know, and I came to believe that God can restore me because Jesus is restoration. He restored us to the Father. So it's not just restoring the sanity that he can restore, you know, any area of our life, you know, so I started to plug anger into this you know, he's going to restore my heart. He's going to restore my emotions. He's going to restore my mind. However, I had to turn my will over to him, you know. And what did that mean at that point? Like, you know, I had a very limited understanding. I mean, I'd only been saved a few years, only been through the Bible maybe once, you know, maybe twice at that point. You know, so I, I was brand new at trying to figure this Jesus stuff out. So turning my will over to the Lord, you know, is basically, you know, trying to have this biblical understanding, you know, what does the Bible say about this? You know, and a lot of the things that we, we teach here, you know, the fruits of the spirit is one of those things, arresting thoughts is another one of those things. No weapon, no weapon formed against me shall prosper is another one of those things, you know, giving these things to Jesus, you know, feelings aren't facts, emotions lie, I trust you, Jesus. You know, that's where a lot of these things were, you know, burst is in this season of my life where I was chaotic inside and I'm still trying to figure out how to walk forward with the Lord, you know, and eventually as I started to, to really dig stuff out, you know, you know, I started to find some healing as he was, 
getting deeper into my heart and I was able to forgive some people, you know, and I was able to, to let him in and, and release anger, you know, and, you know, and, and some time started going by where, you know, I started to have more grace and, and I was able to interact with people, you know, and, and it didn't affect me as much. And, you know, I could, you know, turn my anger, you know, off or, or wait to talk to Jesus. I didn't, wasn't, I wasn't exploding anymore, you know, and it was really, you know, having this understanding that Jesus is big enough to handle my anger. People aren't, you know, I was so angry inside that I, I didn't know how to have good relationships with people because I didn't know how to have a relationship with somebody without getting angry at them because they didn't do things the way I thought they should. You know, and that's not how you have healthy relationships. You know, so I started to realize that Jesus could take my anger. And there's a lot of those prayer walks that were pretty, you know, you know, pretty vicious on my side as I'm trying to sort through things. And I'm telling Jesus just exactly how things should be. And, you know, and he's letting me vent like a little two year old. And then, you know, he would eventually deal with me and I would be a bawling mess by the time I would make it back to the house, you know. You know, so there was a lot of time with Jason Upton and, and a lot of, you know, prayer and a lot of walking, you know, and a lot of just dealing with my stuff with me and Jesus and, and starting to process and write stuff out. And, and you know, and, you know, I was meeting with Pastor Judy back then and, and really trying to, to find some sort of healing, you know, and it didn't come just because I prayed the blood over it. I promise you that. You know, and but I do believe that as I process this stuff and given it to Jesus, the blood has covered a lot of those sins. You know, but you know, as I look at you know how I, I process anger, you know, and some of these things are are you know some of the solutions that I've come up with through the through the years is that I really need time before I speak because my words can be vicious. You know, you know, I can have a, a very, you know, lethal tongue. You know, my tongue has been the way that I've used sarcasm and, and used my words to, to verbally punch people, you know. And I learned that as a as a kid, as a teenager growing up, because I was so out of control that I, I, I learned that, you know, I have to work on my tongue because my tongue is nasty, you know. So I need time. I need significant time, you know, to really calm down and, and process and, and talk to Jesus and, you know, try not to say things that I regret. You know, you know, there's a, a meme where there's a German shepherd that's jumping off a cliff, you know, and it says, don't say something in anger that you can't take back. You know, and, and it's always kind of stuck with me, you know, that things that we say, we can't always get back, you know, and it's important that. You know, we can apologize, but, you know, it doesn't mean that the person isn't hurt when we do say these things. You know, I think that it's important that once I have calmed down, that I, you know, I'm able to say what I need to say. But usually what I found, probably 90% of the time, that it's not the other person. It's my stuff. You know, so there's, you know, not so often that I need to address these things, you know, but. It's important taking that time to to really see what's really going on in the side of me, because 
anger is my first default, my first defense. You know, you know, can I really identify what's going on? Can I identify the emotion? Can I identify what's really going on? And, and step work has really helped me with that because my anger starts to go and my brain starts to, to go down that road. Eventually, the voice that kicks in is like, what are you afraid of? You know, and that's like something that I've learned through doing my step work, you know, doing my core step is that my anger is always fear related. You know, you know, so some of us have, you know, that that fear that turns into anxiety, that that fear that turns into different things where for me, my fear turned into anger. So anytime that the anger starts, you know, spiking, eventually, you know, I, I hear the Holy Spirit kick in and like, what are you afraid of? And then it instantly starts to slow everything down and the anger starts to subside a little bit as my brain starts thinking like what's really the problem you know what's going on inside what is really the issue what is the fear that you know anger is the big brother to fear you know that's the same you know so what is my big brother trying to do to protect me in this moment where i feel afraid and so if i can identify what the issue is you know, almost instantly that the anger starts to disappear. You know, it's important that I, I look at myself. What's my part in this? You know, the I statements, you know, I did this or I did that or I think this or I feel that. You know, and a lot of times I have to work through that and address my side of that equation because usually it's not anybody else's fault of why I'm angry. It's my stuff, you know, you know, so it's important, you know, that I, I, I look at myself thoroughly and process my anger, you know, and don't hold a grudge where recently this past year has been really difficult. I think that, you know, there's been a lot of things that have taken place. There's been several attacks against me. You know, I've had people stab me in the back, you know, and, you know, it's been a really difficult year. You know, and as much as I keep it moving, you know, and I'm praying and I'm praying the willingness prayer, the willingness to let go, you know, the willingness to forgive, you know, everybody's favorite prayers when they're, you know, they talk about being angry or unforgiveness. I'm doing the same stuff, you know, and I get a little bit of victory, you know, and it seems like it subsides. And then at any given moment, certain thought patterns start to pop back in and the anger starts and the, you know, and the, you know, the idea of vengeance and, you know, I want to smite somebody with my almighty schmiter and I tell God that they need to get them, you know, and eventually, you know, the Holy Spirit says, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, if you would just do what I'm saying, and you know, then we can just move forward now. And he's like, oh, that's how it's supposed to work. And like, that's how it should work. Cause you know, that would make everything better right now. He's like, oh, really? That, that's how we're doing it now? And I'm like, you and your, you know, stupid rules of grace and forgiveness and mercy. Like, this isn't a time for mercy. This is justice. You know, and, and it's like, you know, as I'm fighting with him, you know, I can hear how, you know, foolish I sound. You know, but, you know, I'm grateful for a God that I can't push around. I'm grateful for a God that, that doesn't let me win. You know, and it it always brings me back to a time that I was sitting in front of my house and I had a lot of fear because there was 
taxes due on the house and there's all this financial things and I'm like, you know, you know, had all this anxiety that came with money. So it always got covered with anger. And I was so frustrated and angry. And I'm like, God, you could wave your little pinky at this and solve this problem. And, you know, and you're just not doing it. And you're making me suffer. And, you know, I hit the steering wheel of my truck so hard I bent it. You know, and I remember the, you know, the Holy Spirit kicked in and said, you can't manipulate me, Tom. So you can lash out in anger as much as you want. You know, and I'm just like... Every time I would drive that truck, I'd feel the bend in the wheel. Which, you know, you're driving around the corner, you would, you could feel it as your hands going over the, the steering wheel. It would be like this little spot that you could tell. Like, I just had this daily reminder of my foolishness. Thank you, Jesus. You know, and you know, and as I progressed, you know, and and really started to deal with my stuff and process and forgive and, 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 and address and, and give things to Jesus more. And, and, you know, I started to, to really address the, you know, anxieties and fears and, and money and, you know, all these different areas of my life that, you know, were, you know, out of control that I would continually use the anger, you know, but, you know, this past year has been difficult for me. You know, and I have some unforgiveness, you know, and God's even been poking at some other stuff that's got some unforgiveness hooked to it. And he's like, you know, and I'm like, I don't want to deal with it. You know, I'm just being honest. I don't want to deal with it. You know, and I need to deal with it. You know, I need to, to give this stuff to Jesus. You know, this is the stuff that, you know, I, I tell all of you that you need to be doing. And, and I have done, but yeah, I need to do again. You know, life isn't, you know, I'm not done. You know, that life is going to th- throw things at us and we're going to have new situations and new relationships that, that poke at areas of our life that, you know, we may get angry. We may have, you know, bitterness. We may have resentments. We may have unforgiveness. You know, you know, and it doesn't mean that I can stop doing the things that I used to do to get me here. Like I have to apply the things that, you know, I've learned. You know, and I don't want to, but I know that I need to, you know, and because I want God to deal with it how I want him to deal with it. So I, you know, I I wait, I put the anger in this little compartment and it doesn't manifest how it used to when I was a younger man, where I didn't know how to keep those things on the shelf, where anything that I had before always manifested outward. Like I've had moments of anger, but most of you haven't seen me angry. And honestly, I would think that I struggle with anger every day, but I talk to Jesus about it and I, I take the, the edge off that I vent with him and I, and I talk to him about it. And, and then I, you know, I got stuff to do. I can't let my anger control me. So I, I just, Got to go over there, but it, it never gets dealt with completely. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm processing it enough to continue to be functional or it's not manifesting outward. However, it's in there, you know, and God's poking at it and I'm like, leave me alone. Just, just do what I'm asking you to do. Answer some of these prayers I've prayed and we'd be fine. 
you know, and he's like, do you really want justice? And I'm like, I want justice for them. <laughs> Can we make a deal? You know, but I don't, none of us technically want justice. You know, wages of sin is death. You know, I sin every day. So if I was going to get justice, then, you know, I'm, I need to reap that justice as well. You know, I want justice for them. I don't want justice for me. I want mercy for me and vengeance for them. You know, I want Cain to show up and smash him in the head with a rock. You know what I mean? But that's not how this stuff works. That Jesus paid for that sin. You know, and I, and I got to let Jesus pay for that sin. I got to give that sin to Jesus thoroughly and say, all right, I'm ready to let go of this debt. You know, and uh, Ephesians 4, 26 through 31 says, in your anger, do not sin. You know, don't let the sun go down while you're still angry because you'll give the devil a foothold. So on some level, I'm doing this verse. I, I'm not letting my anger cause me to sin outwardly towards people. However, I would say because I haven't dealt with my anger, you know, the, the enemy gets in there and starts stirring stuff up. So I think I'm all, all right. And all of a sudden it gets back in there and, and I have a, a moment or two, an hour or more, you know, of letting this thing mull over before I catch it again. And I give it back to Jesus and I say, all right, you know, but I don't want to spend an hour pissed off. You know, none of you see it, but yet it's an hour of misery that I'm causing myself because I don't want to deal with my own crap. You know what I mean? But, you know, it's important that, you know, it's time to, to get that stuff out of my heart and out of my mind. You know, you know, James 1 you know, 19 through 20 says, Dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should take this quick lesson. Be slow to speak and slow to become angry. Because a human anger does not produce righteousness. That's God's desire. So even though I'm angry and I want vengeance, that's not God's desire. You know, and, and I have to come to terms with what the word of God says. You know, that there's a lot to say about anger and, and Proverbs about an angry man and, and how he's a fool. You know, so Proverbs 15, 18 says a hot tempered person stirs up conflict. The one who is patient calms a quarrel. Unforgiveness will be a prison from your past. You know, you know, and I found this little, you know, blip it online, which I thought was kind of neat. You know, it's that. Unforgiveness never lets the wound heal. And you go through life reminding yourself of what was done to you, stirring up that pain and making yourself progressively angrier. You know, that, you know, the people that have hurt me this year, I don't, I don't see many of them ever. But yet, I'm still letting them, you know, make me angry. So, you know, it's not that they're doing it. I don't think that they're sitting home right now. I'm glad Tom's angry. You know, they don't even know that I'm angry. You know, but I'm letting the enemy win in this area of my heart and in my mind. You know, and, and you know, every once in a while the enemy stirs it up. You know, and and it's continuing. You know, my pain. You know, so I, I need to address my anger. I need to address these, these areas of unforgiveness. 
you know, which pisses me off. I, I just, me off. I don't want to deal with it. You know, I just want to get an abracadabra in Jesus' name, poof, it's gone. Tom's will be done. You know, but that's not reality. You know, I need to address it. I need to, to lay it before him. You know, and, you know, I may need to go talk to somebody, you know, and really hash this stuff out. You know, that, you know, I think that counseling or, or a therapist, you know, is someone to talk to when, you know, you're, you're battling it alone and it isn't working, you know, getting these things out so you can hear, you know, wisdom come back at you, you know, and it's probably going to piss me off and I'm going to hate it. And I'm going to tell myself I'm never going back there, you know, but in reality, you know, it's probably something I need to hear. And it's probably something I already know, which is also going to make me angry, you know, but do I want to feel this way or do I want freedom? You know, it's a choice, you know, and up to this point, I wanted to feel this way because I don't want to deal with it. But the Lord keeps poking at this area of anger and uh, I know that I need to do it, you know, and I want to do it. Yet my stubbornness is, is not allowing me yet. So here I am telling on myself, you know, because that's what this ministry is all about, being transparent, you know, talking about what's really going on. You know, but I can't, you know, preach one thing and, and live a different way. You know, I need to expose myself. You know, I, I need to, to be transparent because that's when I bring it into the light, the light shines upon it. You know, I, I'm, I'm not giving the enemy a foothold. You know, so please, every once in a while, ask me how I'm doing, which will probably piss me off. But just so you know, you know, I'm giving you the liberty to, to ask me how I'm working on my forgiveness. Because you know, most of us in here have an area that we need to be working on, right? You know, and, and that's what this is all about. So if you just stand with me, you know, I'm going to pray for unforgiveness. And I'm going to pray for anger. So why don't you take a second, you know, and whatever your area is, whoever you're angry with, wherever your unforgiveness may lie, just ask Jesus to help you in this moment. And I know you don't want to. Because I don't want to. You know, I, I know that you want vengeance. I know that you want, you know, not to have to address it. But I really encourage you to put that in his hands and say, Jesus, I, I may not be ready, but help me to be willing. You know, give me the willingness to forgive and give me the willingness to let go. And give me the willingness to address this anger. Give me the willingness to, to really, you know, take this step with you. Give me the willingness to let you into this area of my heart. Give me the willingness to, to trust you. Lord, I just ask that you would come. Lord, I ask that you would pour out your presence upon us. Lord, I, I pray that the seeds of this, this word, Lord, would go deep. Lord, I, I ask that you would plant them deep within us, Lord. And I pray that you would cover that seed, Lord, that the enemy can't steal it. Lord, that, that we would thinking about it, Lord. Anytime that we allow the anger to stir, that we would catch it quicker and quicker, asking you to, you know, for help, asking you to give us the willingness to let go and the willingness to forgive and Lord and help us to give you that anger and not take it out on somebody, Lord. Help us to, to go for walks if we have to. Help us to worship through our pain, Lord. 
Help us to know that you are good and, and that your word is true and, and that there is freedom on the other side of this, Lord. And help us to know that you have forgiven our debts. You know, so help us to, to forgive our debtors, Lord, that that wage of sin has paid a price, Lord, and, and that you have, have canceled that whole thing, Lord. So help us to give you those sins, Lord. Even if we're angry at you, Lord, help us to to process that, Lord, that many of us have been through some really difficult things in life and even are going through some difficult things now, Lord, and, and we need you, Lord. And and we don't always understand why we've had to go through certain things and and, and why it's hurt us so much. And But, Lord, you see the bigger picture, and we can't. Lord, help us to turn those things over to you and, and trust that you're going to work these things together for good with the enemy intended for evil that you will use for your glory, Lord, but we first have to give it to you. We gotta lay it at your feet, Lord. We gotta trust that, that you have a, the bigger picture in mind, Lord. So I ask that you would heal our hearts, Lord, and you would mend up these areas in, in our lives, Lord, that you would give us the willingness to truly take these steps with you, that, that you would really minister to our minds and when the enemy tries to get in there and stir these things up, that we would turn them over to you quicker and quicker, Lord, that we wouldn't give him that foothold, Lord. I ask that you would even pull down that stronghold of unforgiveness, pull down that stronghold of, of anger, Lord, but each one of us has to fight in our own battles, Lord. And so I pray that corporately for this ministry that we would work through our anger and unforgiveness, Lord, but I pray that you would put that fight inside each and every one of us, that we would be willing to, to go to battle and, and say, I don't want to carry this anger anymore. I don't want to carry this unforgiveness anymore. I don't want to carry this bitterness. It's a resentment, Lord. I don't want to feel this way. I don't want to think this way, Lord. And, and help us to really begin to arrest these thoughts and hold them captive and bring them back to the obedience of Christ, that we would trust in your word, Lord, and trust that your your word is true. Trust there's freedom in Christ. That, who you set free is free indeed, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, amen. Amen.